Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Pashery, with me. This week, I guess, this is not a monthly show, this is Throwback Madness, but it is our Road to WrestleMania series. We're reviewing WrestleMania 31, so joining me are my good <laughs> friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. Hello. This was your choice. Yes, it was. Uh, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina. Happy to be back. <laughs> it's good to have you back. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, the ladies call him Balo, we call him Alo, Aaron Lloyd. So welcome to WrestleMania 31. This was the last WrestleMania before the Matt Madness era was upon us. True. <laughs> uh, not even a full year prior. Not even. It, it, we didn't know we were going to be doing this yet. Um, but the first WrestleMania to air while uh, we knew each other. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Uh, so Eck, I'll just ask you first things first. Do you have any specific reason for choosing this one? Glad you went with that instead of my rating because I'm still up in arms <laughs> with that. Uh, I think a few reasons. Um, I'm sure all our listeners know, you know, this year New Orleans, we're heading there. We are mania bound. So I've been thinking about, you know, the past uh, seven years or more um, since I've been back into wrestling, watching WrestleMania every year when it happens. WrestleMania 31 was a weird year. I believe you watched it at G Man's, right? Mm hmm. So Laugh invited me there to watch it. I was actually moving into the, the current house I'm in yeah. now. So it was just an awkward day. 98 yeah. Gimmick Street. <laughs> 98 <laughs> Gimmick Street. Yeah. So we're moving in there, and I realized halfway through moving, because it was you know a 10 hour gig, uh, halfway through moving, I'm like, I don't have cable at the new place. All the TVs were like w- the first or second trip of moving stuff. So I think by the time Mania, like the pre-show was already done, probably a half hour, hour into the actual show, I'm sitting there, I'm going back and forth, and I think we already returned the U-Haul. I'm running um, running Heel Wife's vehicle. <laughs> I, think, I think Izzy's the only person I got with me left. I got either Izzy or one other person, and Troy's with me. So we decide, we bring my laptop. I had like a 20-inch laptop. We bring that, hook it up to the Wi-Fi, and we got basically an empty house with like a couple juice boxes for Troy. <laughs> we ordered a pizza, and there was like a six-pack. Were six they something that young Ayla may have liked? <laughs> they were probably a, a, a beater Capri Sun, like okay. a, something without red. Wasn't dye. a jammer. No, nah, it, so, it was something weak. Okay. So I, I just remember watching it, and the only thing I know I watched live when it happened, I watched the Sting Triple H match, which, due to my youth, that was something I was looking the most forward to, you know, reminiscing back to the childhood. And then I remember seeing the pretty much everything, you know, I think we watched that, and then we ran some more stuff back, came back, we then ordered food, and I remember seeing the end of Cena Rusev, seeing the tit- uh, Taker, Bray, and then I remember the title match and the cash-in. Everything else, I'm either was getting spoiled from text messages, social media, and then I don't think the next day I got to watch stuff. Uh, my current job at the time, I had you know mm-hmm. no, no availability the next day to watch it, and then I'm watching Raw. So, obviously, I wasn't focused on seeing SmackDown. I think Tuesday, that's when I try to catch up on what happened for WrestleMania 31. Again, going you know full circle with this statement, I- I'm heading to WrestleMania this year. 
pretty much since 27, I've watched it live in my home every year or um, the Big Day's house, you know, for WrestleMania 33 this past mm-hmm. year. So I'm sitting there. I was like, you know, in 31, I can't remember it. I always want to sit back and rewatch it. So I was like, you know what? We're, we're going to watch four or five, maybe more WrestleManias this year for throwback. I was like, let me throw 31 in here, you know, get get my, you know, refreshment on it, and then you three get your intel. Mm-hmm. So... Basically, this was like, um, I need to watch it eventually anyway, so might as well do it. I first. might as well drag you three <laughs> with me. <laughs> Perfect excuse to, to watch it again. Um, so, Alo, would you like to reiterate our rating system for any listeners who either haven't heard it yet or who need to be refreshed? Hey, who the hell hasn't heard it yet? Well, there are still people that haven't listened to us yet. What the hell are they doing with their life? <laughs> well, that's what we hopefully will eventually find out. Yeah, okay, so for you new listeners, if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If it falls so in the middle, it's a slower knocker. It was a fantastic show. Showstopper. Now, who wants to take it first? I'll go. Showstopper. <laughs> okay. For me, this was a showstopper. One, because watching this show live when it happened, this was the second mania I ran on the network. This was the second Mania party I had when I had my original apartment, mm-hmm. and it was just a blast to watch it with like twenty other cat, like twenty casual fans, yeah. and then me. Yeah, <laughs> indie prep, indie prep. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was a lot of fun to watch. And then going back to rewatch it, there was nothing really that was too bad. It was just a lot of fun to rewatch. Yeah. So, showstopper for me. Halo. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give the show a showstopper as well. I'm I may get some heat for this, but the best match on the show wasn't even on the main card. Honestly, uh, the pre-show match was Usos, Cesaro, and Kid. Yeah. Uh, did you watch it? What the pre-show? I mean, did you watch it for to re- to recap? Did you watch it or just going off memory? Just going off memory. I, already, okay. I remember that was, that was match the best was match. Excellent. Yeah, excellent match. It was Cesaro, Kid, Usos, New Day, and uh, Los Matadores. Mm-hmm. That's who it was. Yeah, um, shining stars. Sh- shining stars. <laughs> whatever they were, they were. Colognes, whatever. No, they were the Matadores. Yeah, the okay. I, that's what I thought because they changed so much. <laughs> but yeah, I remember going into this mania. This was like probably the. The worst hyped WrestleMania that we had in a long time, and everybody didn't know what to expect. The infamous tug of war, right? <laughs> yeah, we had that, the tug of war segment. Uh, Paige and AJ and the Bell were doing the same thing for three months to get to this point. Rollins and um, Orton were going at it, and we just didn't know what to expect. And usually, when we don't expect much, that's when they usually deliver. So that's why I, always, always, I usually try to give them a chance most times. So I, I'm going to give it a showstopper because everything usually did hit, even the whole Brock Roman thing when nobody wanted to see it. It delivered, and it told a great story. And I can't wait to get to that part now because <laughs> even, even if we get it at 34, I'll be just as excited to see it then, even more just because we're reviewing this. But I'm going to give it a, show, a showstopper. Heck, you want to go or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll save myself for last. Okay. I'm also going to give it a showstopper. Um, uh, you'll know why when we get to the points that are like my reasoning. Uh, but this ultimately left me with one of those like rare moments where you're actually on like a natural high, and that doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen to everybody, but there were were moments watching this that I was actually getting goosebumps all over again, even knowing it was going to happen. So anything that that can make me feel that much, I feel like earns it. 
and like I said, I'll, I'll go a little more in depth onto why it was a showstopper for me when we get to the, to the point I'm talking about. X, so you may as well. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on you to pick <laughs> a certain rating now. <laughs> well, no. So uh, the WWE Network has Table for Three, Matt Madness. We have Table for Four. Uh, we're going, mm. uh, you know, unanimous here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the showstopper as well. I, when I was rewatching it and finishing it up today, I was like, man. I'm going to be the only one to give it a showstopper. I was convinced I was going to be the only one. There were small small things where I was actually getting rubbed the wrong way when I'm watching. I was like, geez, yeah, this, it, it's four hours, right? Mm-hmm. The main card. Three hours and, and 59 and a half minutes. For some weird reason, I wanted to watch the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. <laughs> because yeah, I don't know what that reason is. Well, here, you'll hear me out on this. That was it, a good story, though. Yeah, that was, was it, a good moment. Was it this year that Hideo Tommy was... Um, yes. Or it was this it was that, that year, right? Yeah. So you guys have actually, in recent memory, past few months, brought that up. And I think every time you guys brought that up, I was clueless. I was like, wait a minute. When was he in a Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale? I don't remember it because I'd never seen it. Yeah. I never went back and rewatched the the pre-show. So with within rewatching it again, I actually didn't go back and watch the pre-show. But they go, I think you know, kind of um, the two-hour mark during the pay-per-view. They go back and show some highlights. They show Big Show winning, and prior to that, they show the ending with um, Kid and Cesaro retaining the titles and uh, pinning the New Day. And I was like, man, I, I wish, I wish that stuff was on it, or that's something I guess I should retweak. You know, when I when I try to do these throwbacks, try to catch that stuff. Mm-hmm. I know Aaron does a good job with you know usually seeing like Raws and SmackDown beforehand. So that was something that like I feel like it was it would have almost made it a unanimous like oh I don't care everyone could say this is a job or this is a show cyber if I could see that stuff that I never saw. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff we'll talk about on here that I know a lot of people give give some heat for, but again it's. You, we say it all the time, wrestling subjective, everyone's got their own opinions. There was a lot of things on this I love. There was stuff that was spoiled um, spoiled for me, whether it was over text message or I saw it on social media, and I was genuinely like bothered, like, man, I wish I saw that live. And I know when I got back into wrestling, it was, you know, watching 27, at the end of 27, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to keep watching this. But, like, I didn't feel, like, blown away. And then 28, I know when I saw it live, I was like, and this, this wasn't great. 29 was kind of the same thing. And then 30, I know a lot of people love 30. I enjoyed 31 more than 30. And, I again, I watched it kind of, um, you know, scrounged around like a couple matches live. So, yeah, showstopper because there's there's a lot of good moments that come out of it. Exactly. <clears throat> so, America the Beautiful, as always. A gentleman who I believe is trying to steal our compatriot Alo's name. <laughs> Alo Black, whatever. <laughs> Uh, we had an LL Cool J promo of all people. Um, it was kind of good though. It, it was fine, um, but still, like it's such a random guy. <laughs> like, it, what relevance does LL Cool J have at this point? Like, well, I know, I know he's around, but they always bring people to, I, I, that are for Mania. They never are usually relevant. True, not anymore. Anyway, they, they only had one celebrity, which we'll get to, in there that yeah. was relevant. Yes, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. How relevant is yeah, he? Yeah, I know. <laughs> True. Uh, Intercontinental Championship ladder match opens the show. Uh, we had you Daniel know Bryan. Yes, Daniel Bryan, who you did. I don't believe you liked it this time. I did not. And I, actually, I'll tell you, as this match is starting, I catch myself whenever we do these throwbacks or I'm watching old stuff, and I'm like, 
man, I wish I liked him then. Yeah. But like I, I wish you, I wish you did too. I genuinely <laughs> never like I tried convincing myself. I remember like we talked about it, uh, I believe last week when we were talking about Raw, but with the with the Yes movement, like when that um, Takeover Raw, I, that did nothing for me. But and again, now, with, with now this match to, to get to the people that were in it, yeah, I mean, I popped and I was like, even even knowing during his entrance, I'm oh, he, this is the, when he wins it. I get like five minutes into the match. I'm like, who wins? I keep forgetting <laughs> that he wins. I'm like, how's this end? Right. Yeah, it was him, Bad News Barrett. Uh, what, a, what a waste of uh, a good character that was. I'll get to that. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, The Answer. <laughs> um, Stardust. Cody. Yeah, Hart, Luke Harper. Ron Killings, R-Truth, who was notably afraid of heights going into the match. <laughs> and Dean Ambrose, The Lunatic Fringe. The match I thought was really good. the The shame of it is, as we said, Daniel Bryan ends up winning. I like. I really believe, and I think it was reported, they had huge plans for him mm-hmm. as the Intercontinental Champion, and like it just didn't get to happen. Yeah. It, like really unfortunate. Um, and he was he was really reckless in the ring. Yeah. Like anybody who doesn't remember how reckless he was in the ring, you definitely remember after. Yeah, this. because there was, there was mm-hmm. a point where um he was doing the. Um, the kicks in the the, um, the running kicks in the corner, and they said he um, just had a surgically repaired neck. And then right after they said it, they threw a ladder right in his face. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He flat backed like three times in a row, and then got a ladder thrown yeah. directly in his face. He did not care. Prep your thoughts. All right, so peak Dean Ambrose. <laughs> the pop he got coming out was yeah huge. Mm-hmm. And then his like. We talk about I talk about swagger a lot. His mm-hmm. swagger during this match and during his entrance, this was like peak Dean Ambrose for me. And it meant something. Now, now we all know how much of a fan I am of him. Imagine how sad I feel like him coming out then and look what he did the year following. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it didn't live up to the way people felt about him then. And not to cut prep sorry for cutting you off, but I mean we talk about it. Brian, me not being big on Brian at the time. You know how pissed I was. Brian, like I'm not big on Brian. It's like, oh, why does everyone like this guy? He <laughs> wins, and it's like, should have gave the belt to Dean. <laughs> that's, that's what's obviously going through my head at that time. Yeah. The funny thing watching it was, Bad News Bear was the champ at the time, and I wasn't even like I forgot all about that. I was like, dang, I forgot he even had that title run at the end. But um. Yeah, Luke Harper was awesome too. This was during Luke Harper's singles run, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Too bad we don't have that now. No, we don't. <laughs> but there was a lot of spots where I, you were probably really like cringing watching. I was. Let's say this match, for argument's <laughs> sake, was 16 minutes long. I don't know how long it was. I was probably cringing for 11 out of the 16 minutes. <laughs> yeah, like when Dean got folded on that ladder on the that outside. Was awful. Oh man! And then it was crazy because I was just watching. Like the WrestleMania 31, 24, mm-hmm. they show like when they're pulling the ladder apart to like take him, and then like you see the blood on one part of the ladder. I'm like, oh, that's he got his head rough. stapled like right at ringside. That was awesome. That match was great. Yeah, that was a Cody, fun ladder match. Cody took that nasty. Well, he took a superplex right mm-hmm. off the top of the ladder from Barrett. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, right? yeah. It was. Yeah, it Did was you see crazy. how Bear, Bear folded up pretty nasty on that too? Because like mm-hmm. he he hits shoulders and then and he's a tall guy and then he slowly like rolls over like yeah. by his neck and goes to his belly. Yeah, he like almost accordioned on that. Yeah, it was that was a brutal match. Yeah, Dolph was a lot of fun in this match too. Oh. I like Dolph in this oh. match. Like I'm usually 
He got a great ovation. I like too. when people are dead. But Dolph, like, he, like, wakes up real quick and he runs up. I always pop for the run-up the ladder. He, he does that so good. Who else yeah. ever did that? When he slid in the ring and ran right up the ladder. Like, and you guys know my feelings on Dolph that I just find him boring at this point. Like, I was like, that was, like, that was awesome. Like, that's why people like him. And it's a shame that they never were able to fully utilize it. Um, and at this point, I don't think they ever will. I hope anyone with their hopes up at this point, I hope your hopes aren't too high. Well, we are a week out for the, a couple of days out from the Rumble. Probably not when people hear this. Probably yeah. not when people hear this, but uh, there's you a might good be looking chance. At yeah, anyone hearing this now, if you were <laughs> hopeful for for Dolph Ziggler when we were recording this, I, I can promise you, you probably aren't anymore. <laughs> people are gonna be listening to this and be like, "Doesn't he know he won the Rumble?" <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, no, that nobody will say that. I will. He, well, now you but, will, yeah. but <laughs> when he doesn't win the Rumble, you won't be saying that anymore. Uh, but this match, I thought, was a great opener for, like, the actual main show. I thought it was great. Alo? Yeah, um, piggybacking on what you said about how they're going to make, the, like, a big deal with the IC title. The IC title was supposed to be, like, the main title on SmackDown. And um, the U.S. title would have been, like, the main title on Raw, even though Rollins would end up being the champion. But they were trying to, like, resurrect the IC title and make it that that workhorse title and like just watching this match you just you just got, you guys just hit on it i got real sad because everybody here was a, mostly everybody in this match was, on, was at their peak like prep just talked about Dolph. Dolph just won survivor series a few months prior at the top of his game ambrose was at the top of his game for the most part after he got done with bray wyatt and um that great r-truth run yeah this uh, was when r-truth like ran in at the royal rumble with yeah. the ladder right yeah. that was great mm-hmm. yeah and like like the whole the whole people the whole everybody still nice he title thing that was stupid they made <laughs> ba- wade bear look so bad i'm pissed that they dropped the whole bad news bear like the whole like just the whole bad news part of it because he that got over but then he got hurt because he was always the um recipient of like if you got hurt that they yeah. didn't trust you and then the whole bad news Barrett thing that got over. He was like, I'm afraid I got some bad news. That got too over. He's like, over mm-hmm. your heel. Then I'm supposed to like, we're going to stop doing that. Whatever. But like I said, I miss Daniel Bryan. Like they, like that spot I told about him doing the running kicks in the corner. I actually started blushing. I was like, God, I miss this guy in the ring so much. <laughs> I, know, I, I can't I, wait till he's in the Rumble. Ziggler can eliminate him off. Yeah, Ziggler's gonna eliminate Daniel Bryan. But yeah, this match was fun for an opener, and it was it was a really good ladder match to start to start the show. It, it was excellent. Uh, we got that followed by a tap out commercial. I think this was like the beginning of the tap out deal. Um, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins was next. I forgot how early in the show this was. It was this match. It wasn't many I, matches on this card. I yeah, that too. But I actually was thinking going into this that that was going to be the first match. Really, I for some reason I thought I felt like it was later. It just seemed like it happened so early. Um, the whole story of Seth trying to end his career. They were kind of reluctant partners in the Authority, and eventually the Authority turned on Randy because Seth was the future. Um, how good was Seth at this time? <sighs> like, Scott, Scott hurt your heart. This is this is Watching. my favorite yeah. era of Seth as well. Excellent. This was a okay with me with J and J security. So good, so good with a T, <laughs> capital T, <laughs> Mister so, Money in the Bank. As good as as good as Rollins was. <laughs> now we all can agree. None of us at this table are bigger than Orin. But am I the only one that popped? During that promo when they show Orin with the double bird? <laughs> no, and actually, like this is one of my thoughts. So when when this ended, I finished watching it a couple hours before we showed up here, 
and I let WWE Network kept running. I don't remember. One of those specials came on afterwards, and it was like a sit-down interview with Booker and Randy, and Randy was kind of going over the whole feud and the whole story, and he said they keep calling him the future, and if he beats me at WrestleMania, then he is the future. Then he says, and but like as long as I'm here, I'll always consider myself the future. We're going to see who's the better man, uh, but we're both going to be guys to be reckoned with afterwards. And I was like, like Randy did a better, played a better role in this story than what I was probably giving him credit for at the time, and probably even a better role than I want to give him credit for now. But I thought like he definitely held up his end of the bargain in this story and in this match. So. Yeah, like the the vignettes and the clips they showed leading up to it. Yeah, I give Randy respect for for doing his part. And the match was yeah. this was, that was this a great match. This it might have been match. one of my favorite Randy Orton matches. Uh, this is probably if if you told me I have to watch a Randy Orton match every day <laughs> for the rest of my life, I probably wouldn't watch any other one but this one. Yes. What about Christian? <laughs> Those were all really good too. Yeah, you're right. I would do Never the. Uh, That's it. I, can tell. <laughs> I would do the six Christian man tag so Evolution Shield matches. <laughs> oh, those were a lot of fun too. Yeah, they were fun, but I don't consider those Randy matches. But Seth was involved, so it still yeah. counts. But yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed this story, this match. I thought that the result, even in hindsight, the result of it was the right one, because it lowered expectations for Seth, and it propped Randy up for what was happening after, like, directly after WrestleMania ended. So, <laughs> thoughts on, on this, a Where the RKO was banned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss J&J security. <laughs> they were excellent in this match. Like, when they got involved and Randy hit the RKOs. And I'm sure you guys heard Randy talk about the ending spot before, or, or, or Seth, Seth talked about it. Yeah, Seth that Randy didn't it. really want to do it. Yeah, because he's because he's quote-unquote known to be safe. He wants mm-hmm. to do the safest He thing. wants to bat a thousand. Yeah, because like, even the first curb stomp he took didn't look good. Mm-hmm. But then he ultimately did that the RKO um, off the curb stomp spot. But I thought the match was really good. Like you said, one of Randy's better matches he's actually had in a long time. And Seth brought the best out of him, and this was a lot better than the match they had next the previous month. Yeah. Well, the next month. Agreed. Eck? Pretty much, uh, again... Coincide and co-sign with everything that's been said. Obviously, I think everyone would be unanimous agreement. Best RKO ever. There's a few you could argue, like the one with Evan Bourne and stuff like that. For me, this is no doubt about it. That's the greatest RKO of all time. Randy knew it in that moment. Based on the way he reacted to it, he knew how good it was. Because the crowd. So (laughs) one thing I hate with commentary and a recent thing um, Shane said, I always hate when... You know, you got Lawler or you got Michael Cole out there saying, this is the biggest match ever, or this is arguing. I'm like, no, come on, man. You guys were there in the 90s. Those were the big matches. Shane Shane said something a few few weeks ago basically saying, oh, it was the best RKO I've ever seen. And I said on the show the next week, I was like, you've taken better RKOs. Like, <laughs> nobody can ever say anything cool about any RKO after that. Like, he should have almost came up with a better move because it's, yeah. <laughs> that, it doesn't get any better. That was awesome. They were both great in the ring. Seth, obviously, we say it all the time. He was better as a heel. But it's just one of those things, I think, in fond memory, when you see how good he is there, it's almost like, eh, you can't, I can't hate him as a babyface because it's like, man, he's so good. You know he's got potential. Yeah. The match was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Seth, was, Seth, like, kills himself in the ring before the injury. Like, I wish he would – I get why he doesn't work that style anymore. 
But the style that he was working during that match is the stuff that I really miss and I wish was still around. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. The RKO, too. Like, knowing that the RKO was coming, I just watched to see how he got the height. And you can see him, like, jump up mm-hmm. off his shoulders. Yeah. So it was cool to watch that and still pop for the move. But there was a really good RKO that I'll... Uh, debate on the flagship this week. Yeah, <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing. Are uh, you talking about this week? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you can't debate it against. That. No, no, okay, not okay, a chance. Okay. Right, no, right. that was awesome. This was the best RKO I've ever seen. Yeah, best RKO, great end, ending to a match. As that came out of my mouth, I was like, Aaron's got like three. He's gonna want to argue this. <laughs> no. And that was true. better than the Evan Bourne one for yeah, sure. Yeah, because Evan Bourne's already coming down. Yeah. So. yeah, got a tremendous crowd reaction. Very triumphant victory for Randy Orton in his uh, his red tights, which you don't see too often for <laughs> Randy Orton. Um, that oh yeah. Just, Speaking yeah. of ring gear, Seth Rollins, the best ring gear. Yeah, I was. A big I love fan. his ring gear. Random. Since we're still on the topic of this match, I'll start off by saying I don't hate the burn it down, but am I like? Again, that era, he didn't have it. So I'm watching the entrance. I'm like, oh, here comes Burn It Down, and it does. I'm like, I think I like this more. Oh, uh, no, I like the Burn It Down a lot. It's I don't. Me. It is- I don't because it ultimately didn't mean anything. Yeah, because it was about to f- burn down the kingdom or whatever for Triple H, but it didn't. I like it because I late. like that type of music. Me and yeah, Seth I mean, are like brothers. That's, <laughs> that's fair. Like, I get why you like it, but to me, just, like, the significance of it that I was so excited for him conquering Triple H and the Kingslayer and all that, and then it ultimately got him nowhere. I think I've, I've just, like, soured on everything from that period of time. And that part came after Mania, right? Yeah. Way after mm-hmm. Mania, yeah. And he's probably going to lose it, too, because that, like, th- those three words were made on a cover of his song mm-hmm. that he's he was posting for a while that the... The guys, they never got clearance to use it. Oh, so really? I think that the burn it down part might be. Do they still call him the Kingslayer? Haven't paid any attention I haven't to that. Heard okay. I don't think so. Corey um, Graves might say it every now and again, <laughs> but probably not. I think Jason. No, no. You know who did? Uh, actually, no. They don't. I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, Jason Jordan, maybe. J- Jason Jordan <laughs> might. And I was almost thinking when they had the segment with the club recently. That they when you know they're like oh there's the big dog but they said but they didn't say the Kingslayer they said there's the architect yeah. and they're like oh there's Kurt Son right <laughs> yeah we moved on now to the the legends match I guess if you will WWF slash WWE <laughs> versus WCW the Monday Night Wars brought to life twenty years later uh, Sting versus Triple H. Um, I love that we got the, the quick clip of Triple H saying, for 20 years, I eat, sleep, and breathe <laughs> WWE. I love when I get a good eat, sleep, breathe from Triple H. Um, I'm surprised there was no this business. <laughs> this business. Well, they weren't supposed to say business for a while. I think they've only recently started saying it again. I think only the Revival says it. Well, they're wrestlers point. again now. Yeah, they're yeah. pro wrestlers now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> But I was never a Sting guy, as you guys know, never a WCW guy, just didn't mean anything to me. But I was happy for him that he finally got to get out on this stage. That entrance he has had, I thought, was really cool with the drummers and everything. Uh, so I, I was happy for him at the time and now that he got this. And I do have respect for the guy. I mean, he's one of the legends of this business. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to take my hat off to him. Um and I love the idea that he wasn't here for WCW. He was here to, like, knock Triple H down a peg. I thought that was, like, a good touch. So, Alo, your thoughts on this one? 
I enjoyed every second of this, of this match because it got a lot of backlash from the IWC, but I'm not sure if it was a WrestleMania 31-24 or episode of Total Divas. When, they, when this match happened, they cut to a clip of John Cena saying, that's sports entertainment at its finest. Right. And... I agree. Like I enjoyed every second of it because th- that's what it is. It's like for twenty years, you or tw- twenty plus years of time, you couldn't wait to see the NWO versus DX. That's what you always wanted, and the ma- the match was fine. It's what you expect. I'm still upset that we didn't get Sting and Taker. I know Sting and Taker were supposed to go at it. I think at twenty seven or thirty, but they couldn't. But Sting resigned with TNA at that time. But the match was fine. Um, my only real nitpick was the, the ending spot where Triple H hit this had hit him with Sludgy because I liked well, I did like the way he integrated Sludgy mm-hmm. always and then that's when the NWO comes out and then when Sting has him in the, the Deathlock DX comes out I did like that but my only problem was Triple H wins with a sledgehammer but Sting shakes his hand after yeah and then it leads to that horrible feud he had with Seth mm-hmm. which made no sense saying you're not the man that Triple H is but Triple H cheated to beat you yeah he did. Um, Ack, your thoughts? Okay, so I rated the show a showstopper. So I do have a few nitpicks. I'm not going to go over that on the show. Um, this week for our weekly show, <laughs> Aaron wanted Laugh to be here. I'm almost I'm thrilled he's not here because if he was reviewing this, <laughs> he would crap. Make, he, he would crap he, all over this. I I this love, might have been the end of the episode. If, <laughs> if I, I love this match. I love the moments in it. I've seen that this was probably the fourth time I watched this match. I watched this match live as it happened. Aaron just said, you know, for 20 minutes, you wanted er, 20 minutes, 20 years, you wanted to see DX versus the NWO. Again, I loved this. This was great. I, when I watched it live, Troy was with me. I had it, I had up until when. Road Dog, Billy, and X Pac were running down the stage. I hit Paul's, I had to go get Troy off the bus stop. Came in, hit play, he finishes the match. The match is over. They shake hands, and he looks at me. He said, was this the best match that year? It was, wasn't it? And I laughed, and I was like, no, I'm pretty pretty sure a lot of people would be mad if you even thought that. But I I love this. I mean, almost every guy, the nine or ten people that were in this segment, all of them are, that's my childhood. This was great. Anyone that has bad stuff to say about Triple H or someone in the match, you know, usually carries him. He carried Sting in that match. He's an asshole and a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about The Rock all the time not being able to do a sharpshooter. Yeah. Sting almost fell asleep two times doing the sharpshooter. <laughs> Triple H literally had to lift him up while he was doing it. Again, I'm happy it happened. You know, uh, again, I said I wasn't going to get into my nitpicks, but the match was great. Um, Maybe the result is the way it should have ended. Could it have been by a pedigree or different interference or not by Sledgehammer? I'm not going to get into that. Triple H should have won this match. It would have been silly if he didn't. He won for the right reasons. I love this match. To me, that was the way it was always going to happen and the way it needed to happen. I, uh, and this was an enjoyable enjoyable match for me, too. People complained about it being overbooked and... But it was done in a way that I found fun. Yeah, and then they kept complaining about, oh, why did Triple H, well, laugh included, like, why did Triple H win? When Triple H win, I'm like, well, before, it was, Sting thought it was his last match. Cause that's what exactly what I was about to say. The, the whole point was, like, it's WWE versus WCW. Even though it was 20 years later, WWE did win. 
So not to mention Sting didn't need to win. Exactly. And it was this was on a WWE stage. They were not going to give that exactly to the guy from outside the exactly. country. And then people wasn't going to happen. And then people were complaining. Like I said, IWC complaining, but well, well, Sting he didn't like the black the black and white NWO. I'm like, stop. <laughs> yeah, for the like moment. It, yeah, it had nothing to do with that. Prep. So. The worst thing I did was rewatch this match after Raw this week. <laughs> this, this week being the go home show to the Royal Rumble for you listeners. But go back and listen to that if it's your first time listening. Yeah, this is this is awful. <laughs> oh my god! I'm glad prep. Indie prep is in full effect during this match. Ron, if this was your first Sting match you've ever seen, I am sorry. It was not the first Sting match I've ever okay, seen. Okay, good. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. That's that's all I could say because for, Sting is really old. Like <laughs> Triple H is not up to the working standard. At least Sting had a good match with Seth Rollins before he got hurt. Like that match was a lot of fun. I watched this match and I understand the nostalgia, but I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, to me the, the nostalgia was needed for this match. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that to me seeing Sean come out was like huge. Seeing yeah, that was great. Sean Sh- come, come out of nowhere was great. Yeah, like the the no, whole I popped. Everybody coming out. I popped in an empty uh, empty apartment, no furniture. Yeah, Hogan comes out, and uh, to me, like that's that was necessary for this match because it was never going to be like a perfectly executed mm-hmm. exhibition in the ring. Yeah, who would have thought about even NWO and DX being involved in this match? My favorite part was Kevin Nash took a spot from somebody. Billy he Gunn. fell on the floor mm, and grabbed his quad him. immediately. <laughs> but Billy Gunn bulldozed him. Well, another good he treated thing. him like he was 21 years old. <laughs> another thing about this match, everybody in, in, in DX looked good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> X-Pac ah, taking Rose a punch from um, He looked Hogan. better than he did. Hogan's been waiting since X-Pac cut that first promo back (laughs) to get his hands on X-Pac again. I I, I did say something about that. Troy's watching. I was like, oh, Pac's been waiting forever to do that. (laughs) Hogan with the Crimson Threes. Yeah. (laughs) Again. Horrible. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I enjoyed this. I think I sold mine the week after this. Yeah, Prep, I get what you didn't enjoy about it, but I I found this fun. I thought this was like, this is the way you do nostalgia. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't overshadow anybody that should be a star going forward. It was just part of two older guys who shouldn't be really a part of the main stories going forward. If all that extra stuff didn't happen, I would not have the high regards for this match that I do. And when right. I say high regards, I mean the fondness, the memories. If all that cool stuff, all those interferences happened, I would have been pissed watching this in an empty apartment. Like, man, I wish I was in my new place. <laughs> but because of that, I'm like, man, this is worth it. I'm sitting on a carpet with a laptop and, you know, a couple beers and mediocre pizza. <laughs> mediocre pizza. <laughs> were the beers better than mediocre? They were Coronas. Are, okay. you, are you surprised? Good enough, yeah. <laughs> uh, we had the Daniel Bryan interview backstage with Maria Menunos, where almost every... Living Intercontinental <laughs> Champion came back to congratulate him. Uh, they all did the yes chant together. We got the Ron Simmons damn spot. Your least favorite thing? No, I'm fine with that. I love that. It doesn't that. bother me. I like it. I like Ron Simmons. Are you going to ask him um, to give you a damn this weekend? If I, if we happen to run into each other, I will. I, he's I a big fan of you. Yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he's heard good things about me up there <laughs> in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, <laughs> you guys' thoughts on this segment? Did you enjoy it? Was it a little too cheesy? 
What did you guys think? I just love Ron Simmons. Anytime he comes in, I just pop on him. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was, again, one of those segments I'm watching, and I'm like, this didn't put Daniel Bryan over for me? <laughs> yeah, I thought I enjoyed it. It's, it's like the perfect type of WrestleMania corniness that you've come to expect out of these things. Um, we had the, the wonderful performance of the theme song by Skylar Gray and Travis Barker. <laughs> and Fast forward to Kid Inc., so did I. Um, we had the Divas tag match, Paige and AJ Lee as the best friends against the Bellas. AJ was out laying outside the ring <laughs> for most of it, similar to Roman Reigns in the Royal Rumble a couple years ago. Um, AJ wins with the Black Widow. It got six and a half minutes. Anybody with any thoughts on AJ Lee and Paige versus the Bellas? Um if anyone can specify, this was AJ's last match? Well, she had a match the next night on Raw, which was her last match. So I keep you around. <laughs> God, I miss AJ. I do, too. Her book's, her book's great, by the way. Did, I'm anyone, sure it did is. anyone pop for my text? What was the text? I don't what even remember it? getting it. I was drinking and driving, uh, playing her music before Raw. <laughs> I did I did get that. I did pop for that. Because um, you were hoping she'd show up that night, her and her husband. Yeah. Of course, neither one of them did on the 25th anniversary of Raw. Um, she can we agree that she was the one that kind of really started it? What? Like for the women? Well, she from an in-ring perspective. Yeah, and the fact that she was like relevant on the show, mm-hmm. like she was part of main storylines. She wasn't just like hidden away. She wasn't a part of a total divas commercial. Yeah, she was like part of what was happening on yeah, Raw. She was kind of like. The Trish for us. Mm-hmm. I'll agree a hundred percent with that prep, and I'll even say this: she's not the ideal. I mean, obviously, we all know I'm a big fan of Trish. The way she looks, AJ didn't have no bombshell type of body. Like she was a skinny girl, but she was pretty and had almost the the total package where you you wanted to be with that girl. <laughs> she she could she could go in the ring, and then. She had a character that, that cared. She had the, the promos that she would go out there and would say how much this all meant to her. Her first title, she gets that date tattooed on her. She had your, uh, <laughs> her gimmick was your baby mom. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because she was crazy. Well, her superpower. Tro- Troy actually had a thing for her. I have a thing for her. <laughs> I taste, love AJ. Good taste, Roy. <laughs> she in yeah. my top five. Tease him about it. He still gets upset. Is she? Top five of all time. Oh, interesting. See, I, I would say that on a work rate, but I want to go on looks. Oh, I love her. Yeah, I was a fan. Yeah. Um, a little skinny, but. Yeah. Way, yeah, very skinny. But yeah, this was like, kind of was She ain't New was. Jersey. Yeah. This match made oh, me feel bad. She is from Jersey. She is from Jersey. <laughs> <She's> from Jersey. <laughs> this match definitely made me feel bad for Paige what? and her current. Her oh, current situation. Oh, okay. She coming back past. Don't believe the internet. <laughs> even if even if she does, it's like that. Trust my videos. That girl had no idea like what was going to happen to her over the next two years. Like she had no way of knowing. How. Actually, a year. Was it that? Because soon after about a year and a few months, because that's when she got suspended. Oh yeah, that's right. And that's when the Del Rio stuff and her the world starts twirling, twirling around. That was the first time I ever noticed that she was a little freaky. Because <laughs> on the 24 special, like, Scott Hall gave her a hug, mm-hmm. and she was like, you want me to sit on your lap? <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Yeah, didn't, didn't she, like, offer to take Austin out for beers or something? Yeah. On his podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely did. I <laughs> definitely remember that. I think on that twenty that uh, 24 special, doesn't she make a comment about, like, having a crush on Razor when she was little? Yeah. 
I believe that she does. Um, that probably went down too. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me at all. I'll ask Razor this weekend. <laughs> yeah, definitely find out. See what you can find out, Prep. Uh, the the oh broadcast gosh, journalist, <laughs> Josh Prepaguina. Uh, we had the Hall of Fame class come out. The Bushwhackers, Larry Zabisco, who's sitting here right now as the the referee, um, gave one of the longest, most bizarre Hall of Fame speeches I can remember. <laughs> Uh, Alundra Blaze. Do you think Phyllis will be that long? <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> He'll never know. Yeah, I won't. Uh, Great actor. Tatsumi Fujinami. Rikishi, who I'm still upset that he didn't have Too Cool with him. I get why his <laughs> his two sons did it, but I feel like Too Cool deserved to be there with him in that moment. Uh, the Warrior, the first Warrior Award with Connor the Crusher. Arnold Schwarzenegger, a huge one for me. The Macho Man, Randy Savage. Uh, his brother Leapin' Lanny Poffo gave the the speech, and of course, uh, big sexy Kevin Nash, big daddy cool Kevin Nash, as Laugh would call him, the the worst drawing champion of all time, <laughs> but clearly deserved his spot in the Hall of Fame. Um, there's only well two more guys left to go for them all to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. And the one guy I don't know when he's going to go in because Paul and he's because yeah. he owns the joint. Yeah, I don't know when he's going to put himself in. Um, <laughs> if Laugh was here, he would say, he's going in this year. He'll put himself <laughs> in every year. Well, he's definitely not going to go in when he thinks there's somebody else who might be as big of a name or bigger <laughs> than him. And X-Pac, I'd assume, would probably get in there sometime within the next few years. I, I'll, I'll give my prediction. I think there's a small chance despite... So, so last year there was like a spoiler early of like the, um, the class... Was there anyone extra that was not in that spoiler? Because we, Christian, Christian, he, and, and and he didn't go. He didn't mm. go. So what I'm kind of hoping, I think there's a small chance Xbox goes this year. Reason being, he he said on his um, radio show he does it on YouTube or somewhere, um, <laughs> he stated a fact that um, that he wasn't pr- um, advertised right for the Raw 25. He was a little upset about that, gave a couple phone calls. So when he went out for Raw 25, they were actually doing a 24 special on him. They were going to follow him for 24 hours. I'm kind of anticipating kind of like what they did with DDP, where DDP received the phone call to go in the Hall of Fame. I'm thinking during his 24 special, he'll get the phone call that he's going in. How could he not be part of the... We'll get... Save it. Save it for... I I got something for for the main show. (laughs) Because there's Um, other people. I got got something. Okay. Um... So that leads us to Cena versus Rusev, the undefeated Rusev, pre-Rusev Day Rusev. We hadn't celebrated our first Rusev Day yet. Um, he hasn't celebrated a loss yet. No, he hasn't. Now, this this was one of the days that started my 180 <coughs> on Cena. I hadn't gotten there yet. But as you mentioned, Eck, watching the show at my friend Greg's house. Remember, this is pre-swear drug. Yeah, who has two sons who are, at the time, I don't know, maybe four and six, somewhere in that range. Huge uh, Cena marks. I was thinking about this yeah, earlier. Yeah, huge Cena marks. And I can remember them asking, I remember asking them, like, who do you think is going to win, Cena or Rusev? And them saying, like, oh, I don't know if you can beat Rusev. I don't know if anybody can beat Rusev. And then seeing their faces... Light up when Cena actually wins, and them being like, "Oh my God, he did it! I can't believe he did it!" And I was like, "How can I be mad at that? (laughs) Like, that's what he's there for. Like, how could this make me mad?" Um, So I didn't make the full journey to Cena yet for another probably close to a year, 
But this night was what started the other thing that pushed me in that direction, which was his his United States title run, which is one of the most legendary runs anyone's ever had with that title, I would have to imagine. One of the best title runs of any title in the last few years. Arguably his greatest title run. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he put on great matches every week. People talked about him burying young talent, but he like put a lot of young talent on the map during that time. So this match, a lot of people were mad that Rusev lost. They didn't think he shouldn't be undefeated anymore. But like this served a purpose. It was the first time we saw the springboard stunner. Um, <laughs> I forgot all about that. I thought the entrances were great. The Rusev coming out with the Russian anthem, which Laugh, the godfather mm-hmm. of the podcast, sang on our 100th episode. Uh, the, the tanks, or the tank, the cannons, everything. Cena coming out to that like America promo. I thought that this was a really great story. I thought this was the start <laughs> of something great for Cena. Prep, did you have any thoughts on... This match, the story, the aftermath. Rusev's entrance was so good. Mm-hmm. At this time, he there was something going on with Lana at this time. I don't remember, but they mentioned it on commentary where he asked her to, or he asked her to accompany him. I to think ringside. we were almost in like savage Elizabeth territory where he was just mad at her and lashing. Was this out like when she time. went with Dolph or something like that? It was not too that, long that, after that, that was in the, the summer. It started. Yeah, this is so looking back. The match was really good. Cena was awesome at this time. <laughs> I love Cena so much now. It's crazy because I didn't like him just like you guys. Mm-hmm. Like We all went through that phase. We're like, oh, I'm so tired of John Cena. But wait till you see what I'm going to wear to the Royal Rumble. <laughs> so <laughs> another small thing about this, too. Rusev's look now was so much better than Rusev's look during this time. Yeah. I did not like the long hair. Like He looked fat and dirty. <laughs> I think he looked good with the long hair. I think he looks so much cooler now. This is pre-shoes. I know, Eck, you're a big fan of no shoes, Rusev. I like I did, the shoes. I did, I did love the no shoes. I, I, I like different. I like different. And I know he got heat for originally cutting his hair. And, I mean, this was a nice memory of the long hair. Yeah, yeah. he's growing it back now. Mm-hmm. In a different fashion. I enjoyed this. It pretty much, you know, I think we're all almost in agreement. This is before we were all fans of Cena. Um, it, you know... Two, three months prior, we're at the Rumble together. And I remember G-Man, who obviously you're with his kids watching this match. I remember G-Man's obliterated. (laughs) Brock's coming down the stage, and he's leaning over whoever's sitting in front of him, and he's flipping them two birds. (laughs) Laugh's sitting next to G-Man, he's flipping them off, too. Was Laugh still wearing the Cena armbands at this point, or did he take them (laughs) off? I have no clue, but I just remember, like, I remember being confused because Brock was still over. We still liked Brock. And I'm like... I was like, what kid is? He's like, I'm, I'm doing it for G-Man. He's his kids, and he goes on about his kids loving Cena, and he's like, Brock just killed Cena. He's 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 upset. He's flipping him off because his kids his kids hate Brock. And I was like, hey, I ain't, that makes sense. He bought Cena shirts for his kids that night that he lost before he ever got home. Zero surprise. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, he did not. They, those Cena T-shirts did not make it all the way back home. You know, interesting fact about buying T-shirts and them not making it home. I actually, um, I bought Troy two shirts that night. I bought him a Roman Reigns shirt, and I can't remember who the other shirt was supposed to be. But it was supposed to be two shirts that were both black. I get home, he has a Roman Reigns shirt and a Daniel O'Brien shirt. Now, <laughs> keep in mind, I'm not a Daniel O'Brien right. fan at the time, so I'm like, oh, man, what is going on? Why did I buy this? <laughs> Halo? Yeah, two things. 
I hope Lana found shoes that fit. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They were way too big. Yeah, they're way too big. And uh, I find it interesting that Rusev being the anti-American gets booed, and then Cena gets booed even louder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I pop for that. And like you guys said, this was like when Worker Cena started started to come out, and like you said about the U.S. Open Challenge, that gave him like probably his best title run. And just like watching this, got me reflecting on all the matches that he had with Sami Zayn. Um, Cesaro a couple times he had uh, the Kevin Owens debut which is still probably one of my top 10 matches of all time him versus Kevin Owens at Elimination Chamber but I really enjoyed the match I, I really did Rusev um, early, early early he had Rusev. a match with uh, Preps boy Zack Ryder too mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah which was good <laughs> why does that guy have a new t-shirt on WWE show I, I don't know yeah but but um, the older Rusev I have like a, a, a more appreciation for him because if they weren't doing anything with him then it should have been then now I think he's been too he's been like portrayed as more comedic character and you could tell already that they're almost already done with him because he on this past episode of Smackdown this is in January guys yeah. he didn't get an entrance <laughs> yeah yeah, which is not a good sign. Usually not a good sign anyway. Um, but, yeah, I thought this match was great. The aftermath was great. I thought the lead-up was great. That vignette I thought was awesome. Um, so I did enjoy it at the time, and I actually appreciated it even more rewatching it. Yeah, I like that they put the emphasis on Cena really wanted this because this title means so much to him since mm-hmm. it was the first title that he won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, again, great, like a great touch of storytelling, which they don't execute nearly often enough or at least as often as i would like i feel like michael cole had that on the top of his head like i'm gonna throw this one in and surprise everybody you think so you don't think it was somebody in his headset telling him to say it at that moment vince has alzheimer's (laughs) very true uh we move to uh renee young uh, Booker T, Byron Saxon, and the the brand spanking new Corey Graves, <laughs> who had only been an announcer for a couple months at this point. Uh, they were doing their recap of the pre-show, the the tag team Fatal Four Way that we mentioned a little earlier, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. They made a big deal about the Mizdow turn on the Miz, which I personally enjoyed. That was great. Mm-hmm. It was warranted. It was. It, it was awesome. Um, and that move that brings us to another much maligned segment of the show when Stephanie McMahon and <laughs> Triple H came out and talked about breaking the Levi Stadium attendance record. They put over the network. They put over themselves. And this is one of my favorite moments of the show because he's not on anymore. I don't get to talk about this, but whenever JBL says something in that serious tone, <laughs> when they were saying, you know, you guys are lucky with everything we've done, and JBL just goes, we're so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so serious. Like, he definitely means it. He's not being sarcastic. Loved it. Uh, the Rock comes out, getting in his grandstanding and his hot dogging. He did, wasn't as bad as the year after. <laughs> no flamethrower. Yeah, the flamethrower. That was terrible. This was great. This was great. He comes out. He says he wants to create a WrestleMania moment with Triple H, one of the greatest rivalries of all time. Triple H says... I remember kicking your ass for most of it. I have nothing to prove to you. (laughs) Leads to the infamous Stephanie McMahon slap after the Rockets out of line a few too many times. Um, Then he brings in a woman who at this time was a megastar. She was one of the most famous people 
in the world of sports, household name. Peak. Every, yes, peak. Everybody wanted a piece of this woman, Ronda Rousey. Potential 2018 Royal winner. Yes, uh, which... Yeah, potential, we'll know by the time this airs, but like th- whatever this story is, like it's about to pay off in one way or another, whether she's at the Rumble or not, whether she shows up at WrestleMania this coming year. She gets the hip toss heard around the world on Triple H. Excellent stuff. Yeah, almost breaks Stephanie McMahon's <laughs> arm. Um, this, does anybody love bumping in a suit and dress shoes more than Triple H? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Like, he always has taken bumps in his suit and dress shoes. Am I the only one that appreciate he carried uh, a 55, 60-year-old man for a match less than an hour before and then comes out there and looks a million bucks in a suit? And, I do. And it goes to all this. I mean, this this was great. Yeah, I appreciated that. The, uh, at the Triple time, H is awesome. Yeah, at the time, I felt like this was like, wow, this is really long. But I also thought this is leading to a bigger thing that, like, just hasn't happened. Um, but I did. It was entertaining watching it back. So this was one of the things that was spoiled for me, I believe. I don't remember watching this live. There's a small chance I did, but I think social media ruined this for me. When I got to watch it, I'm loving it. It's cool. When I'm now re-watching it for the show, I'm sitting here, and, you know, an hour prior, you got... Triple H, who goes into a match as a heel, the match ends, he shake hands with Sting, there's the moment with DX, and you're like, it doesn't matter, you love Triple H, you love him when he's a kid, he, he's so good. The match ends, and all you're thinking about is, you love Triple H, how could you hate him? Him and Stephanie come out there, and they remind you, you hate me. Gets his heat right back. Gets the heat right back, keeps the heat, boils it, and then, you know, someone comes out and extinguishes it. It was so good. I loved it. Yeah, whether you like it or you hate it, you know, we're the ones giving this to you. Like, that's, Pratt, what were your thoughts on this segment? At the time, mind you, I was watching this with about 20 casual wrestling fans, but 20 diehard UFC fans, and five of them were women. So when Ronda was seen, my house went nuts. (laughs) It was incredible. At the time, this was amazing. Indie Prep. 2018 watching it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, I, it. I skipped oh, I it, didn't. yeah. Ayla, <laughs> your thoughts? I thought it was an intent because even though she was like this big megastar, I didn't know too much about Ronda Rousey. And the way The Rock kind of like sold it, he was like, wait, I'm not going to hit a woman, but yeah. she will. Yeah. So I popped for that. And just like the whole like death stare she gave Stephanie and how Stephanie was like so terrified, but she was still full of herself. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And like you said, Triple H, excellent selling in the Yeah, <laughs> loves it. Stephanie channeling her inner Vince throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. This is my ring. She, I've always appreciated the way that she could channel Vince in that manner. But, yeah, I thought it was a, a fun segment. I enjoyed it even more than I remembered watching it a second time. Um, Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker. Ugh. You guys new, can take this the one. The new face of fear. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. <laughs> one, you guys know that once The Undertaker lost his streak, I thought there was no need for him to ever – be at WrestleMania again. I I felt that way then. I still feel that way now. I feel like Bray needs, like his his character is that he's supposed to be this charismatic cult leader that gets people to follow him. He needs followers, and without it, I think his character loses a lot. Match was not very good. Bray, I give Bray credit. He hurt his ankle earlier in the day and gutted through it to at least put on the match that was advertised. 
but this was nothing special, nothing to write home about, and to me, like meaningless on the card. Yeah, because like we talked about Triple H carrying a, a 50-some-year-old Sting, you had Undertaker carrying a 20-something-year-old Bray Wyatt. Right, and the Undertaker was <laughs> incapable of carrying anybody. <laughs> exactly. And then a fun thing was, we just reviewed Royal 95 where he faced his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, full circle. That <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mentioned it on that show yeah. that that night that IRS lost to the Undertaker was the night he decided he was going to train his son to grow up and be... The new face of fear, obviously it didn't work out well for either one of them. I, I'm i assuming nobody else has anything to say about Undertaker and Bray Wyatt. Rest in peace. Nothing at all. <laughs> okay. So we may as well move on to what everybody's been waiting to talk about. The main event of the evening, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Um, this was, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to get into why this was a showstopper for me. First, I feel like WWE really miscalculated the way that everything happened the year leading up to this match, where Brock ends the streak, and he destroys John Cena at SummerSlam. They thought he was going to be the most reviled heel in the company, and Roman would be the hero that slays the Beast Incarnate at WrestleMania. Did not happen that way. Couldn't have happened any differently. Roman gets booed out of the building in Philadelphia in 2015 when he wins the Rumble. Brock becomes arguably the most popular guy on the roster. But one thing that happened in this match, people think that the ending, Seth running down, cashing in, I heard it a lot. I said it. It saved this show. But it didn't save the show. The show was really good. And the match was great. And I think people forget that. Seth, his pigeon-toed sprint down the runway, diving into the ring. You know, goosebump moment for me, even watching it back again tonight. I got goosebumps. Um, Him being brilliant enough, he was the architect. He was supposed to be smarter than everyone. He waits till both guys take multiple finishers from each other. It was one of the most physical, gruesome, stiff matches you'd ever want to watch. Both guys bleeding. And... For me, I've told you before, like, what really got me back into WWE was that Sasha Banks promo she cut on Charlotte, um, the match she had with Charlotte at NXT TakeOver, what is it again? (laughs) Our Evolution. Okay. That's why we keep them around. Our Evolution. So that's what really got me back into it. But then... About a then month you met later, me and you're like, "Geez, I really got to dive in." Yes, I, I met you at the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia. We went to that show, and that's when I decided, like, I'm back in, on board, like, full steam ahead, all watching all every week. Of me. Yeah, exactly. Act Two Fly, Eric Trembicki got me back on the WWE train. But I also gravitated to Seth Rollins during his heel turn on the Shield, the way they built him up as Mr. Money in the Bank. And I felt like the way that this ended, it felt very much like they paid off the investment I made in them. The storytelling uh, where he loses to Randy Orton earlier in the night, we kind of forgot that he could cash in that night. I don't think anyone really expected him to cash in on either of these two guys. So it didn't save the show. It was a phenomenal ending to the show. It gave me goosebumps again watching it today, as I said. I felt on like I remember just being on such a high when that show ended. He's spinning the belt around like he did when he won his first title in NXT. I thought it was incredible. The match was good. The match holds up better than most people would remember. 
The ending was incredible. Um, I was even choked up kind of remembering how great this was and feeling like you guys really did a good job of telling this story. And even in the aftermath, I remember a lot of people complaining about Seth being booked as like a weak champion, but that was his character. He was like a weasel, and he needed help. And I feel like they, they did a really good job with him. I missed this era of Seth Rollins, so that's why I gave this a showstopper. Who wants to jump in with their thoughts on the main event? I'm going to take this, and I'm going to agree and disagree. Reason being, again, went with you there on it being a showstopper. I don't want to say this saved the whole show, but it definitely did save the ending, in my opinion. The match was good, but if the match would have won, went the way that was predicted, Roman beating Brock, it would have definitely tarnished the show. No, majority of people did not want to see that. You're right. The match does live up better than what people would expect if you, you know, skip over that cash-in. It is a grueling and physical match. It is an entertaining match, but it was one of those things. If it would, the next year, Triple H wins the Rumble. Roman gets his chance at him. You know what's going to happen. Triple H is going to put over the young guy. He, you know, remember we were all watching that together. We lost power and then went to the bar. Mm-hmm. But you, you knew that it was exactly how that was going to end, and it was a terrible ending. This, in because it was predictable. This being not predictable with the cash in, you didn't see it coming. The thing I also enjoy about it when we were reviewing Orton and Rollins, Orton at least. I didn't see Orin going over. And it was one of those things like, all right, it's, you know, it's the old guy going over again. And it makes Seth almost look weak, but you're almost forgetting about him. Like, geez, he just, I don't want to say got buried, but oh, Orin buried him earlier in the card. You're not going to see him again. I wonder, he's probably going to get buried on Raw the next night. And then he comes out and cashes in in a new fashion. It was a surprise. I've been saying since this show was created, if you surprise me, I'm hooked on it. Not only were you surprised, but it was a first of its kind. It was the first time. There was a cash-in during a match while a match was happening. I love it. This was a showstopper. Yeah, the, the other thing, to, to your point about the ending being predictable that Roman was going to win, that's what we all thought. That's what we were all led to believe leading up to it because it was Brock's last night under contract. But he yeah. signed his contract leading up to WrestleMania. He was on SportsCenter to make the announcement, and a lot of the momentum was going the other way. Like, they're going to let Brock keep the title because he's going to be there for a while. None of us thinking the title's going to change hands, but it won't be either of these guys at the end. So, and then in, to argue that, even if Roman didn't win and there wasn't a cash-in, if Brock would have won, I still, as if you're anti-Roman and you were happy about it, now me liking kind of either of these guys, even though Brock was still over at the time, the media thing going through my head is, all right, cool, Brock's staying around. Uh, he might retain. Well, if he retains... I'm not going to see the championship the next night, and I'm definitely not going to see it in eight days or in the following role afterwards. So that, again, I mean, they went with the best decision possible. Yeah. Prep? This match was way better than I remember it. Like, the actual match before the cash-in. And I had to go back because usually if you click the things on the network, it'll start the match rather than see the entrances. I wanted to see the entrance. Roman was awesome. I kind of missed the entrance where he would come down the yeah. state from, from the stands, and this was blue-eyed contact Roman. <laughs> and 
big match, Roman, because I really did enjoy this match. <laughs> big match. This the, was, first, the, the phrase has been coined, big match, Roman. Yes, I don't know this if I've is, ever heard that before. This is big match, Roman, right here. <laughs> this match was great. The accidental blood. If that name always. was ever going to come out, mm-hmm. it was going to be on this show. Yeah, that Brock was bloodied within the first five seconds. Yeah, accidental blood with Brock is always a good touch. Mm-hmm. And the finish. Like, Brock getting grabbed, or Brock grabbing Seth. Getting speared by Roman and then Seth being able to hit the curb stomp was awesome. The best, I really liked the part where this was a rumor that when Seth puts his head down, he says, Thank you so much you to hear Roman. Him. You can hear him. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. That is awesome. I never heard that. Yeah, before. you didn't hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, um, they actually cut it up and you can actually hear him saying it. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was great. Alo? Yeah, this match was excellent. Like, even going into this match, I thought, why don't you guys want to see this? Like, this is, this is like Brock Lesnar at his height, because remember, he just beat John Cena. At SummerSlam, then he had that awesome triple threat match against Rollins and um, Cena. I was like, why, why don't you want to see this? Like, this is where the whole extra Roman hate came from. A- after after my theory of the CM Punk um, Coca Cabana interview happened. But yeah, I thought this match was great. It told a great story. Like, it's like, okay, Roman's finally here. And he's going against Brock Lesnar, who's been built up as his beast. He had the streak. He destroyed Cena leading up to this point. So, like, Brock just toying him around and just destroying him was great. Like, the smirk on his face. And, like you said, the birth of Suplex City, bitch, where the whole internet mm-hmm. went crazy. Now it's just completely overdone. <laughs> yeah. Which I, think is, which I think is crazy and ridiculous. But, like, the whole st- story is even Roman, like, get, finally getting one up on Brock. And you got to give it the Brock selling in this match, too. Well, the Superman punches, like, when Roman, when Roman was fighting back. And, of course, like, WWE, they did a good job of, like, kind of making you forget about the whole money in the bank thing because, like, that was the last thing back in my mind. And at the same time, like, Seth's going to cash in on these guys. And then the fact that Seth almost um, Seth almost won on Brock, which didn't happen, yeah. and it was, was great. And then Roman... And he was, almost lost. Yeah, and <laughs> Roman almost... Roman takes out Brock, and then Ron says the curves up on, on Roman. And then the way he just leaves and just so excited and just... He didn't make the show, but he kind of stole the show because mm-hmm. the show was great. And that moment... Made a great was a great end of the show. It was a great finale. Yeah, it was awesome. The fireworks going off, him standing at the top of the stage as you know the sun has finally set. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I, I was really happy that one of us chose this show to rewatch. The only downside is it's the definitely the longest throwback show we've had to watch so far. It's the first one we've had to watch since they moved to the four hour big four pay per views. Um, any final thoughts anyone has on this show, this match, before we wrap it up? Oh, and the night after was the greatness of Brock Lesnar destroying Michael Cole. Yes. And getting suspended. I, was, I couldn't remember if that was the next night. It was the next night because he got suspended. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, Prep, any final thoughts? I miss Seth Rollins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eck, any last thoughts on your choice for Road to WrestleMania Throwback Madness? I'm glad you guys all enjoyed it. What a showstopper. <laughs> it was. You, I think this might be the first universal unanimous showstopper we've had, is it? No. Because I usually don't sling those around. It yeah. wasn't another <laughs> flashback, right? At WrestleMania, we gave, Russ 17 was a showstopper. Okay, across the board. Mm-hmm. Did we do that for 33 this year? Was that unanimous? What, 33? Um, but among us, yes, because you weren't here that episode we reviewed. Yeah, okay. So that is throwback. You guys had class even without me. <laughs> yeah. There was, a seat, yeah. There was a seat for you. There was. Was waiting there, for it. There always is. All over it. There yeah. always is. I'm in demand. I can't always be here. I'm like Brock. <laughs> he, he gets himself suspended the next night. I fail drug tests here. Yeah, that's. I forgot about that. Actually, we never disclosed. I don't think that it was a, a drug test failure. 
I think oh. we just said you were suspended, so mm-hmm. you you buried yourself on that one. So <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the, what's on the docket for the next mania? I don't know. They'll, Do have, we, to, they'll have to sit and wait and find out. <laughs> so we're not revealing any no. of the other choices. All right, well, that was Throwback Madness, WrestleMania 31. I'm sure the next one won't be a unanimous uh, decision. <laughs> it may not be. Four. Uh, it depends on who's next. <laughs> I guess it does depend. Yeah. And we, at the moment, I'm not sure what yeah. order we're going in. We'll let Ron go next time. Yeah. <laughs> Four, Act 2 Fly, Eric Trembicki. Adios. Four, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepiguina. Four, <laughs> Mr. Wednesday Night Live. The ladies call him Balo. We call him Alo. Aaron Lloyd. When did you switch it? I am Ron Pashery, <laughs> and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.